right. Good morning, Arkansas. Your morning show is on the radio. Good morning, Kelly Perry. Good morning, Brandon Baxter. <clears throat> Here we are. Today is Wednesday. It's April the 6th of 2022. Glad you guys are up this morning. You might have been up for a little bit if you <laughs> heard the thunder and lightning that rolled through the area. Lightning show at my house. Oh, my goodness. There was one that sounded like it was right outside of my window. Really? Yeah. Yeah, so I woke up at 3.30, and you know my phone, I guess, had been going off with lightning mm-hmm. detected and all this different stuff, and then boom, that thing shakes the yeah. house, and just the pure amount of lightning that was happening through the area. It looks like most of the lightning, though, is now pushing uh, right toward the Mississippi River, so uh, basically it's all east of Turrell and Wilson and Osceola uh, pushing across the river. We still might see a little bit more rain for the next little bit, and the you know, little pop of uh, lightning and thunder and stuff like that, but like the heavy concentration mm-hmm. is over. When you were younger, were you more scared of lightning or thunder? Wait, hang on. Let me rephrase that. Are you more scared of lightning or thunder? What do you mean? Like, I don't want to get struck by lightning, but the thunder is what when you were rumbles younger. everything. As, as a kid, probably the thunder. Yeah. And then I remember my dad trying to teach me it when it would lightning, you'd count so many and that's how far the storm was away or something. Did you ever do that? No, I remember that gimmick too. My mom uh, had us do that. So I hated storms as a kid, not real fond of them now, especially when you have dogs and kids and a wife and everybody's freaking out. (laughs) Um, But anyway, that's what we woke up to this morning. It was definitely a loud start to the day. (laughs) Also, the lightning was crashing. Nice. <laughs> we heard a lot of thunder. I was lightning before so. the thunder. Anyway, coming up this morning on the show, we have uh, possibly a future president from Arkansas. And the crazy thing about this is I'll be able to say I've met another president if this ever happens. <laughs> okay. Plus, Perfect. there's an 18-wheeler that got stuck under a bridge mm. in central Arkansas. <laughs> and y'all, <laughs> when you see this, you're going to be like, how is this even possible? We'll tell you about that. Uh, Garth Brooks has some big plans for Nashville. Morgan Wallen's given back to Tennessee. Uh, new music from Jason Aldean coming up, plus the K-Fine Breakfast Club, which is powered by Families, Inc. All of that this morning, right here on Brandon Baxter in the morning. This is Arkansas's Morning Show. Brandon Baxter in the morning. All right, good morning, Arkansas. Some Arkansas news, a headline from Central Arkansas. There's a, a guy driving an 18-wheeler, and he's going under a bridge in North Little Rock. And somehow, I guess, his truck was basically right around the height of the bridge, and <laughs> he got stuck on the, uh, I guess, under the bridge Aww. on the highway. So imagine, imagine like you see a train going into uh, like a tunnel, right? <laughs> and like if the train was too big, the train would stop. That's what happened on the highway Aww. in North Little Rock. This guy's driving the 18-wheeler. He's like, I wonder if I can make it. He gets, boom, under the bridge and his truck, his 18-wheeler, gets stuck. Uh, Brandon, I, I, I think I, I empathize with that with this guy. Is that the right thing? Empathize? Yeah, I feel sorry Now, I've never actually done that, but I've gone under bridges before in school buses, and I, the thought has crossed my mind that, oh my gosh, what if it hit like the top of the bus? Can you imagine what he was doing? Okay, his truck comes oh. to a full stop. What is his thought after that? He's okay, but is he like, oh, like people passing going, that, (laughs) that guy. And they're probably honking at Uh him. There were probably people behind him that saw him get stuck. They probably had to slam on their brakes. He was stuck for half a day. (laughs) 
they were having to try to figure out how to get him unstuck. And now they're saying they have to go and uh, investigate and look at the bridge to make sure there was no structural damage to the bridge, which could cause people issues if they drove over it and he messed it up. I just, yeah, that would... That would be tough to deal with. So if you're headed down to North Little Rock today, this is right around uh, the West Broadway Street Bridge. (laughs) Go a different way. Yeah, the clearance was 12 feet 6 inches, and he got stuck. There was one time, I have a a similar story. I wasn't driving an 18-wheeler. I wasn't stuck on the highway. But I did. We we do this radio thing where we would drop off food for people, right? And one of the places we were going to drop off food was St. Bernard's, where they had the parking garage. (laughs) <laughs> so all the vehicles were busy. So I'm, this is young Brandon, right? Like first year radio Brandon. They send me out in uh, a dually truck, which like basically has four wheels. And you think in like a regular truck, you could easily navigate the parking garage. Well, the way I hit this one angle upon exit, like I was trying to get to the thing, I got the truck stuck in between the concrete pillars and I'm stuck in the truck my first year in radio and I didn't want to tell anybody but I knew if I kept pulling forward I was going to scratch all the way down the side of the truck they have cameras in that no, place they don't. yes they have cameras there no they don't this is 21 years ago if you're listening if you could please no. pull up the the footage do you have the footage from 21 years ago maybe <laughs> but uh, anyway it's a pretty uh, topical and wild story out of Arkansas this morning. The poor guy stuck under the bridge, <laughs> the West Broadway Street Bridge in North Little Rock. Let's throw one back on this day in country music with Brandon Baxter in the morning. All right, so the year was 2010, and Easton Corbin had the number one song in country music on this day. I'm a little more country than that. I just want to make sure you know just who you're getting I'm a little more country than that. Easton Corbin, a little more country than that. Number one on this day in 2010. Brandon Baxter in the morning. All right, doing it big on a Wednesday morning. It is April the 6th, and y'all, as always, Kelly Perry. Well, she's got three words for you. Good morning, Arkansas! This is Country Music News on Brandon Baxter in the Morning. We have Country Music News today on Morgan Wall. I love you more than a California sunset, more than a beer when So Morgan Wallen has been watching what's happening in the news in eastern Tennessee. And if you've seen what's happening, there's wildfires that have affected a lot of property up there. Uh, 3,000 acres near the Great Smoky Mountain National Park, uh, Sevier County, Tennessee. Uh, There's areas completely destroyed by this wildfire. So Morgan Wallen has decided to give back to his home area. And Morgan and the More Than My Hometown Foundation have donated $25,000 to Greater Good Music, which what they're going to do is they're going to help to feed the relief workers and uh, they're going to help to stock the food pantries and clothing supplies and other supplies needed in eastern Tennessee. So a great story. Morgan Wallen giving $25,000 for Tennessee Wildlife Relief. We have country music news today on Garth Brooks. We're going to spend the weekend in the deep end. 
of a diving ball. So there are several country music stars who have opened bars and restaurants in downtown Nashville. Jason Aldean, Florida Georgia Line, Miranda Lambert, Luke Bryan, Kid Rock, and Dirks Bentley, and Garth Brooks is joining the club. He's opening his own place on Lower Broadway in Nashville, and it's a three-story building with about 40,000 square feet. Wow. And there's no name yet, and it's going to be a second before it opens, but Garth says his his whole goal is to have a classic honky-tonk bar where everyone who walks through the door feels welcome and gets to play and hear the greatest music in the world right in the heart of country music. And you know, Garth, when he does Mm -hmm. things, he does them right. He does those things big. So that should be really cool to have that on Broadway and right down there in Mm -hmm. downtown Nashville. And finally, country music news today on Jason Aldean. And that's the trouble with a heartbreak. It's going to hang around. So that's Jason's latest single, Trouble with a Heartbreak. But Jason's also given us a sneak peek at Another song off of his upcoming record, Georgia. If you remember, uh, Jason put out the first part of that, Macon, and now Georgia is getting set to come out. Uh, But Jason's given us a sneak peek at a brand new song called God Made Airplanes. And the idea behind this is there's a man and he has a broken heart and uh, he's kind of struggling with that. He misses the girl. So what's he going to do? He's going to find an airplane. He's going to buy a one-way ticket. He's going to get out of there. So he's uh, all the way away from her. So he can't run back because of fear is going back to the girl. Again, the song is called God Made Airplanes. Here's a sneak peek at new stuff from Jason Aldean. That's why God made airplanes and runways and half-price taking one ways. If I can get high up off the ground, ain't got the wheel, can't turn around. Show me a place without her. called God Made Airplanes. It's a new song from Jason Aldean, which is out now. And that's your country music news on Arkansas's morning show, Brandon Baxter in the morning. She's a walking, talking encyclopedia. Here's Kelly Perry's Did You Know on Brandon Baxter in the morning. Did you know the guy who invented the Keurig K-Cup coffee system sold his part in the company for $50,000 in 1997? (laughs) Now he says he regrets inventing it in the first place (laughs) because the little cups are terrible for the environment and the machines are way too expensive. Uh, Are you the one that... Man, he's mad. He's just mad. That sucker is mad. He thought he's like, ah, cashed in. I was selling little tiny, little tiny things of coffee and I cashed in. You know what? I'd be bitter too, I think. I think I would too. (laughs) Did you know stop signs were originally yellow? Red didn't become the standard color until 1954. Wow, I didn't know that. And did you know the artist Tony Basil had a number one hit in the 80s with this song, Mickey? Oh, gosh. Uh Uh-oh. So she was dressed as a high school cheerleader in that video. And by the way, in that video, she was 39. No, no, (laughs) she wasn't. (laughs) Yes. And uh, she's 78 now. False advertisement. It's a false advertisement. Okay. She was dressed as a high school cheerleader at the age of 39. That reminds me of Kelly at Charity Ball. Oh, Brandon, (laughs) take it back. And if you didn't know, now you know. Brandon Baxter in the morning. Why do I feel like I need to stand up? You probably should. Please get to your feet real quick, Kelly. Okay. 
Governor Asa Hutchinson is talking about running for office, about going for the White House. He was asked during a news briefing, hey man, do you think you want to consider a run for the White House? Would you like to be the president? And Governor Hutchinson said he's not considering it right now, but he would say he wants to keep the option open for down the road. He says there's a long way to go down the road, and he also says that he feels if he can go and help the country, guide the country, provide influence, uh, he might do that because he still cares. He wants to make life better for people, not just Arkansans. Obviously, he's focused on that for the next two years, but will he go out and uh, become uh, one of the guys who throws his name in the hat to be a president down the road? Will he run? Uh, the potential is there. He's not closing the door on that. Now, do you have a picture with the governor? I believe I do because I, I was stalking him at an Arkansas oh. State football game. And I remember going up and I was like, I was going to get my picture with him because, you know, he comes to a game a couple of times a year or something yeah. like that. And I'm standing there with him on the sidelines or right next to him. And I'm trying to interrupt him oh, because he was he was having a long conversation with somebody. And I remember oh. thinking, can we hurry this up so okay. I can get my picture taken? Mm-hmm. Um and and I talked to my friend Shane Broadway, and I was like, hey, do you think you could get him to stop okay. so he can take a picture with me? And here, here's the thing. You're kind of giggling, but the people that really know you, uh, that's 100% true. Yeah, because I had stuff to do. I was busy. I had to be on the screen. So I'm like, hey, can we get... Uh, can we get the governor to hurry up this conversation? Brandon, he could have been talking about health care, about, about <laughs> public school, about safety, and you're going to ask him for a picture. That's what I was doing. Mm. So I'm trying to find the picture right now because uh, it's a pretty good one. Maybe I'll share it when he becomes a president. But a big thanks to Shane Broadway for helping me hurry up uh, the governor. Here it is, right here. Okay, it's me, me and see. the governor. It Did was the point, pink game. Uh, yep, you are pointing in that one as well. What if he is the president one day? And I was, I'm standing right there with him before he was presidential. Well, the mic, you holding the mic looks better than the point. The point almost looks just disrespectful. It's not disrespectful to point at the governor. <laughs> I want people to know he's the governor. He, okay. He had just had a 10-minute conversation with somebody, and I was trying to rescue him. I'm sure he didn't want to have that conversation. Yeah, I'm sure he thought that you were the rescuer. <laughs> he much more wanted to talk to me. The bald guy in the pink shirt. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, sure. So we'll see what happens with Governor Hutchinson. I know this sounds crazy. Believe me, I know it. It's crazy. That sounds kind of crazy. You must be crazy. And people are crazy. Well, here's the worst hobby ever. A 37-year-old crossing guard in New York was was in the middle of doing her job one morning when suddenly she got hit by a flying glass bottle. What? Luckily, she's okay. Well, it turned out a 30-year-old man named Tyreek Martin threw it at her. And when police caught up with him nearby, about 45 minutes later, they asked him why he did it. And Tyreek said, quote, that chucking bottles at unsuspecting people is just something he enjoys doing. Oh, my goodness. Tyreek specifically says that he tries to aim for their face. And this isn't the first time he's done something like this. He's been arrested at least 70 times for various reasons, including drug charges and assault. Most recently, he was arrested last year for hitting a two-year-old boy in a stroller with a suitcase. Oh, my The child ended up with a small welt under his eye. Oh, that's good. Turns out Tyreek had an active warrant over the suitcase incident, so he might be looking finally at some serious jail time. That's awful, awful. I know. Speaking of throwing bottles at people, I wasted two hours this morning staring at a bottle of orange juice. Oh my gosh, why would you waste so much time? Brandon, because it said concentrate. (laughs) Oh my gosh, did you get that out of bazooka gum? Maybe. And there's even more proof that people are crazy.
Brandon Baxter in the morning. And Kelly Perry, I have one question for you. Are you ready to celebrate some local people? Let's do it. Let's do the birthdays. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Well, well, well. Time for birthdays for today. It's Wednesday, April the 6th of 2022. Local birthdays, local celebrities here we go. Happy birthday goes out to Sammy Cullison of Jonesboro, who celebrates today. Tara Joplin of Jonesboro. Uh, Kayla Hennick of Jonesboro. We have Pearl McElfish of Fayetteville celebrating a birthday. Kayla Sparks in Caraway. Uh, Cassie Lindsay of Caldwell, Arkansas, celebrating. Jennifer West of Wynn. April Bumpus in Sherwood. Dolores Martinez. Of Jonesboro, Joey Clark from Wynn and Lance Gregory of Fort Smith celebrates today as well. And if you have a birthday today, we say this. We say happy birthday to all y'all and you celebrate with these celebrities. Peyton List is 24. That's Tori on Cobra Kai, Emma Ross on Disney's Jesse and the spinoff Bunk. Hey, Jesse. All right, that's still one of my favorites. When I saw her show up on Cobra Kai, I'm like, God, you're never going to believe it. (laughs) Emma Ross is on Cobra Kai. Yeah. Yeah. Happy birthday to Peyton List, who celebrates today. Happy birthday to Zach Braff, who is 47. That was JD on Scrubs. Happy birthday to one of my favorites. Paul Rudd is 53. He is Ant-Man and Phoebe's husband on Friends. Happy birthday to John Ratzenberger, who is 75. That's Cliff Clavin on Cheers. Yeah, or Cliff Clavin. <laughs> he told me he likes to pronounce it the other way. Making your way in the world today takes everything you've got. That's for sure. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? John Ratzenberger. Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. And they're always glad you came. So, John Ratzenberger, Cliff Clavin of Cheers, is celebrating today. He's 75. Billy D. Williams is 85. That's Lando in The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. That's right. Billy D. is not my lover. He's just the one in Star Wars. Wrong. Is that it? Yes, you know, that's exactly, that's exactly who he's right, Billy D. Williams, 85. And happy birthday today to Candace Cameron, oh. who is 46. Of course, that's DJ Tanner on Full House. Happy birthday goes out to my good friend, Candace Cameron. You wish. I do. (laughs) Who turns 46 today. Brandon Baxter in the Morning presents Today in Pop Culture. All right. Today is April the 6th. And today in pop culture in 1930, it was a great day because Hostess introduced the Twinkies Mm. in 1930. 
which I love. Those them. are good. <laughs> I love the Twinkies and I love their counterpart, the Zinger. Oh, yeah. Those are really good. But the whole idea of the fried Twinkie at the fair. Oh, my gosh. Those are delicious. Okay. So anyway, uh, today in pop culture in 1998, country music lost. Tammy Wynette. She was 55. And, of course, you think of Tammy Wynette. Today in pop culture in 2013, the legendary George Jones played his final concert at the Knoxville City Coliseum, Knoxville, Tennessee. Well, I don't need your rocking chair. Remember this? Yeah. I don't need your rocking chair. Today in pop culture in 2014, the 49th Annual Academy of Country Music Awards were held and Song of the Year went to Lee Bryce. I drive your truck, I roll every window down and I burn up. That's good, man. Lee Bryce is going to be at First National Bank Arena in Jonesboro September 22nd. Tickets on sale right now. Uh, also, today in pop culture in 2016... Merle Haggard, another country legend, passed away. He was at his home in California. And when you think of Merle Haggard. I turned 21 in prison doing life without parole. No one could steer me right, but mama tried. Mama tried. I'm proud to be an Okie from Muskogee. So today is April the 6th, and that is today in pop culture. Brandon Baxter in the morning. So a shout out to my buddy, my kid, my 12-year-old, Kai Michael, who's going to the dentist this morning. He's uh, We're preparing for braces here. Yeah. Not too far down the road. And he's going in for uh, some work today. I know he's excited. He's been looking forward to this. Has he? I'm yeah. sure he has. <laughs> he is so excited about having a couple of teeth removed. But so. you know what? Like you're thinking, oh, it sounds like a big boy and all that kind of stuff. And he's going to yeah. be what? How do how? 13? Uh, he's going to be 13 in September, yeah. Uh, their face, once the, the whole braces thing starts, their oh, face know. starts to change, and they, they lose that sweet little baby face, and they start gaining that soon-to-be-a-man face. <laughs> and they start yeah. stinking and stuff like that. And us moms are sad. So, anyway, <laughs> shout-out to Kai, who's about to head to the dentist this morning. And good luck, man. The cool thing about what's going to happen today is, like, your dinner tonight can be Ice cream and a milkshake and jello and yeah, soup. Yeah, I was gonna say, Kai, text your dad and I'll bring you something cold. Like yeah. he can he can pick what what I can bring him. So anyway, he's headed in this morning. Right. Good luck to Kai, man. Uh, I'll eat ice cream and milkshakes and soup and what what else can you eat when you have teeth pulled? Um, that you, I think yogurt is yogurt good. Cottage sure. cheese. Ooh. Is that good? I don't know if I'd want that after I had dental work. Maybe a little bit of mayonnaise. Would you ever say mayonnaise? <laughs> Ooh. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K Fine Breakfast Club. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Powered by Family Zinc. We'll get back to the show. Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry. We're joined this morning by Rebecca Propes, who's here to talk about a new uh, charity in Northeast Arkansas. It's called Local Impact. Rebecca, welcome back to the show. How are you this morning? I'm great. How are you guys? Good. We're good. Kelly was bragging about the beauty of your children a few minutes ago. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. We're super partial to them. (laughs) You want to give them a shout out this morning? Oh, yes. So Merritt and Molly, um, they're home this morning. I've got one 
sick. So oh, no. <laughs> we've been fine. dealing with that all night. But we are here and we're doing uh, well. And uh, hopefully by the time he wakes up, everybody will be on the mend. But yes, yes, everybody is good. We love, love, love Samaritan Molly. They are hoops for they sure. They sure are. <laughs> Hey, let's talk about local impact. You know, we've talked to you over the years about uh, how you want to help support families through the loss of an infant, right, through a child. And uh, we know that's something that's a passion project. So tell me where local impact uh, comes from, why all of a sudden this was kind of the next step in your journey. Sure, yeah. So local impact um, was recently formed. We have been thrilled to do this. Um, we lost our daughter in 2014, and her name was Marley, and so that's where the M comes from in impact. We don't spell it the typical I-M-P-A-C-T. It's an M, the letter. And, you know, through our journey, um, of course, there has been healing along the way, but we've also realized that there is such a need. You know, when you have a loss yourself, you feel extremely secluded you're the only one, and I'm just going to sit over here and drown in my misery. But in all reality, it's a huge problem. I mean, it's a thing. And there's so many people that have experienced losses like this. And so getting into this realm, it, it just shows us that these people need help far and wide. It could be something so small as a meal dropped off on their doorstep or um, you know, it could be a headstone that someone has not done a year or two later. And it could be that it's just not the perfect, uh, they don't have the perfect design yet, or it could be something that they just can't afford. So our program is designed to raise funds to help families uh, in future um, cases that come through that need help. Um Kids case, something along those lines where, you know, the baby has already been brought home. So we want to help financially um, if that's through, uh, you know, also grief services where you can come in, talk to these families. If it's a hug or an hour-long session, whatever it is that they need, that's what we're trying to provide. You know, it's wild because, you know, I remember when we were pregnant with Kai, right? And it was um, almost 13 years ago. I guess it was 13 years ago. That was one of the scariest times in my life because it was almost like every day I worried about everything. Uh, and we ended up being very fortunate, you know, and we ended up having a healthy child. But just the idea that this probably happens so much more often than we know, people don't necessarily go out of their way to talk about it and make it public all the time. I, w- I would assume the need is pretty great. Yeah, and, and that's kind of, you know, and that's that's one of those things that happens when, Ever you do experience it, you know, you try to just shove it under the rug and not deal with it for a little while because it is so painful, but you don't know who to talk to, who's experienced it. And people are very indifferent about who they want to talk to during that time, especially people that have children at home or, you know, if you've got, if this person has three, four living children, it's hard for those people to talk. And for us, our journey was real wild. We had a really crazy time. We um, we did have a loss. Um, and then we were out of town. So our support system mm. was 
none. I mean, we just didn't have any because we were out of town. Now, once we came back, of course, everybody flooded us, which was so wonderful. But it's just finding that group, finding that support that helps you along the way. Now, for us, our future was adoption, Mm -hmm. and it has been a beautiful journey. Um, But in that moment of loss, you just don't know. You're such in the dark, and you don't know what your future holds. And so we we want to help in that journey, um, bridge that gap of, you know, where are you on your timeline? Is this day one or is this day 600? And where are you and where can we help? How can we help? And some people, it's just to talk. And then other people, it's financially. Or, you know, like I was saying earlier, that it may be a future need that people don't even know they need because they've never been through it. So we're just on the journey with them and trying to help. And so what we are doing um, is reaching out and to different places, businesses, and our community is so wonderful, as y'all know, especially in giving. So So Rebecca Probst joins us this morning talking local impact. Rebecca, if there's somebody out there who's, who's hearing your story and hearing about local impact for the first time, how can they find out more about local impact? Sure. I mean, they can call me direct, um, 870-225-1952, or we do have a Facebook page. I get a lot of messages through that. It's Local Impact. It's M-P-A-C-T. And also, uh, we have a huge event coming up, uh, Butterflies in Bloom, and that is something that we are selling tickets for there on Facebook as well, there is a link that you can go to, and that event is going to be to also raise funds um, for the program to help these families. It's going to be May 13th, a Friday night at 7 p.m. at Harmony Gardens. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can get those tickets online, uh, you know, through it, the actual site is pinned to the top of the Facebook page, so it's really easy to find if you just go straight there. Um, but our sponsors, everybody has been wonderful gearing up for this event. But May 13th, Friday night at 7 p.m. It's a dressy, casual event all about dinner and music and a silent auction to raise money for Local Impact, which, again, wants to support those families who have experienced the loss of a child. You can find out more Local Impact on Facebook, Local M, the letter M, P-A-C-T. And Rebecca Probst joins us this morning. Get set for Friday, May the 13th at the Gardens at Harmony. It's Butterflies and Bloom Celebration. Rebecca, have a great day, and it's great talking to you. Yes, you too. Thank you so much. You're listening to Brandon Baxter in the morning. Right here. On the big 107.9 K-Fine. And this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Powered by Families, Inc. Counseling Services. We're joined this morning by Andrea Kane, who is... uh, Getting set for the 10th annual Show Them Where You Come From food drive. And Andrea, it seems like we've talked to you since pretty early on in this whole mission. And it's it's crazy to think about, you know, really how this has just continued to grow year after year. And uh, here we go. It's the 10th anniversary, the 10th annual coming up this weekend. Yes, um, we're very excited to be back in person for an event. And y'all have been around since about day one, letting us do some advertisement and getting the word out there. And we appreciate that. Hey, let's talk about kind of uh, why you started this many years ago. And then all of a sudden, I I think this work led 
to the creation of Brenda's Table. So walk us through your journey as to why this is uh, something that you feel so passionate about. Yeah, so I moved back to the area about 15 years ago, um, decided that I needed to do something more for my community, looked up some volunteer opportunities. The Food Bank of Northeast Arkansas was something that popped up and looked interesting. So I contacted them, and within an hour of being there and getting a tour of the older, smaller facility that was there then, I knew what I needed to do. And I spent almost nine or ten years volunteering with them and learning the ropes and what needed to be done in the community. And then I got to start Brenda's Table in the middle of a pandemic. Um, (laughs) Great timing, right? Yes, I was one of those that was without a job. and noticed the emergency need and put it to work and named it after my mom because I thought that was the thing that you needed to do. Yeah. Honor mama, right? Mama always made sure you were fed. She did. And that was a big conversation that we had because growing up, I was never in need of food. And then later on, I realized that I, that wasn't normal. Yeah, you know, I think so many of us, we take it for granted that we can walk into the pantry or the fridge and be like, oh, look, we have this to eat. What do we want tonight? We're going to go and pick up this or whatever. And there's other people who are just like, hey, I'd like to have anything to eat. And when you think about Mm -hmm. that and think about these are real people that have hearts and brains and they're over here and they're just struggling to get through things. That's tough to think about, but that's where the food bank comes in and that's where uh, Brenda's table comes in is, hey, we want to help. We want to provide And the event that you guys are doing this weekend, again, the 10th annual Show Them Where You Come From Food Drive at the Elks Lodge. What is this going to look like this coming Sunday? So you're going to show up with $15 or 15 food items that's going to help us stock our pantry or our bank account, and that's going to help us for the rest of the year. What you're going to get is snacks, photo booths, bands, there's a DJ, Um, there's a silent auction. There's a whole bunch of stuff just to hang out and have a good time with your family, bring the kids. There's always a kid's table for them to do arts and crafts and take something home too. And you're going to have music and a DJ. You want it to be a a full day of entertainment too. Yes. Yes. The damn Randy's are playing. DJ Sykes is playing. There's a rumor that Eric Edwards might be sitting in for a little bit. Yeah. We've, we've seen him play too. The local talent around here. So snacks and games and the photo booth and live entertainment, all of this happens this coming Sunday at the Elks Lodge on West Washington. Andrea, if people want to find out more about Brenda's Table and the food drive, where can they get that information? And They can just go to our page on Facebook right now. We have everything posted, um, and then our website should be up within the next month. There you go. Andrea Kane joins us this morning. And again, the 10th annual Show Them Where You Come From Food Drive happens this Sunday at the Elks. And Andrea, it's always great to talk to you and best of luck this weekend. Thank you so much. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Powered by Family Zinc. We'll get back to the show. Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry. We're joined this morning by Brad Peets, who is representing the uh, Jonesboro Open, which is coming back another year. And uh, the disc golf, the disc golf pro tour is coming back. So, Brad, we caught you this morning on your way to work. How are you? I'm doing great. How are y'all? Good, man. We're good. Did you wake up with all those loud storms overnight? Matter of fact, I did. It uh, was a little bit of a rude awakening around 4:45 this morning. Dude, it was terrible. There was one point where I thought there was uh, lightning hitting trees 
right outside of my house. It was that loud and that close. Uh, there were trees right outside of my house that were getting hit. So I'm there oh, with you. Yeah. So uh, anyway, we talk to Pete's about different things throughout the year, but one of his uh, main things he loves to focus on, one of the things he's loved since an early age was disc golf. And, and Brad, you came to us with this idea for a Jonesboro Open and you were trying to uh, go to the disc golf pro tour and show them that Jonesboro was going to be this great place to have an event. And more than likely they had never heard of the community. You sold them on it. And man, we've watched this thing grow uh, year after year. And it seems like every year you're, you're getting bigger and better. So tell us about the upcoming Jonesboro open. Well, you're a hundred percent correct. This year is definitely bigger. Um, hopefully it will be better. Uh, we've got, um, on the professional side, we've got 164 professional players coming to town, wow. and they are coming to Jonesboro, Arkansas, from 37 different states and seven foreign countries coming wow. to Jonesboro, Arkansas. Dude, that's and great. So that, that's crazy, isn't it? No, it is crazy, and I think that's one of the reasons when you look at you know what events are going to bring people into the community, because you know with the A&P Commission, the deal is how can we get new people to come in and and use our community and use our restaurants and our hotels. And golly, this is one of those events that really, I mean, it excels at this. Right, right. And what's so magical about it is once you get those professionals coming to town, then the amateur players want to come and watch. And right. so on the amateur side, this year we're expecting about 260 amateur players. Wow. And the last time I looked, they were coming from, I think, 29 or 30 different states. And two guys coming from Denmark to come wow. to Jonesboro to watch and, and play on the amateur side. So the whole idea behind this and, and the reason this was something that you enjoyed was because your love of disc golf started early in your life. And you realized this is really something that people can play. I mean, almost all walks of life and all ages, if they're able to get around, they can play disc golf. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, there's several lifetime sports out there. And, you know, lifetime sport is something you can do your entire life, right? Yeah. And, and disc golf is one of those things that you're 100% right. You know, if you can get up and walk through, it's basically a hike through the woods. Yeah. Uh, but you're picking up a Frisbee uh, and throwing it while you're walking through the woods. And so, yes, it is a, a fantastic lifetime sport. And, the, the you know, the pandemic has brought us a lot of bad things, but a few of the good things the pandemic has brought us is it's got more and more people outside. Yeah. And over the last year and a half, two years, you know, disc golf is already on an upward trajectory. Uh, just it has exploded over the last two years. Well, and the skill, Kelly and I had the chance to go outside one day with a couple of the pros that were in town a couple of years ago, and they brought the discs in. They're like, hey, let us show you this. And, you know, we tried to throw those, and we looked like we had never thrown anything in our <laughs> lives. And then you see them throwing these things, and they're going – you know, 50 yards away, and you're thinking, how is this even possible? Right. Well, and, you know, 50 yards away, that's a that's a putt to, to most of these players. Um, you know, you go out and you watch the guys, the top players on the guy side are now throwing these discs 500 and 600 feet. God. So you, you put two football fields end-to-end, and that's how far these guys are throwing these things and, and, you know, landing them within a 30 foot circle of where they want to land it. It's crazy. And the idea that they're going to be coming to town and again, bringing 
so much to our community, the the pros, the amateurs coming in. But you also open this up and say, hey, if you're local and you want to come and watch, you're more than welcome to come and just kind of take this whole event in. Yeah, we, we'd love for you to. It's uh, Tickets are on sale now, and, and part of the proceeds from every single ticket that's sold goes to St. Jude this year. Uh, last year, we raised over $45,000 for St. Jude with this tournament. That's insane. And, and, you know, so any or every single ticket that's sold, part of the money goes to St. Jude. It, it, it helps show the pros that, the, you know, the community's interested, that they're glad that they're here and that we want them to come back. And so, yes, uh, we we definitely want people to come out and watch. You've done a great job, man, because really, again, when we first heard that you wanted to do the event, we're like, well, you know, we're sure there's a market, but how big is the market and what's going to happen with as far as, you know, people coming here? And I remember the first year, the anxiety of you saying, hey, not only do we have to do good the first year, we have to make them want to come back. And it looks like this is one of those dates they want to keep there on the calendar, isn't it? It is. You know, this is the seventh year for the Disc Golf Pro Tour. Uh, so the Pro Tour itself is still very young. Um, we were on tour the second year. And so, you know, we've been a stop every year since. And not every tournament out there can say that. Uh, you know, a few have come and gone over those six or seven years. Uh, but Jonesboro has been, you know, this kind of early season staple yeah. um, for the last six years. So again, it's the Jonesboro Open. It happens on the 22nd of this month at Disc Side of Heaven. And uh, a big thanks to Play It Again Sports, uh, Prodigy as well, for making this possible. But really, there are so many unsung heroes and sponsors that kind of pour in and make this a huge event. Oh, yeah. You, you know, there's no way in the world I can do it by myself. I've got people that have been with me since the very beginning who help that uh, – um, you know, again, they've made it to where the Pro Tour does want to come back. Yeah. And uh, it, it's just exciting to see uh, how it has grown. Because, you know, you think you have an idea, you think you have a vision, and it's pretty neat to to see it come to life. So, Brad, if people want to find out more about the Jonesboro Open, where can they get the info? That's easy. JonesboroOpen.com. And, uh, from right there, it'll give you the week's events. You know, and that's the thing. We haven't even talked about that yet. Uh, this event, the tournament itself now kind of kicks off on Monday, uh, April the 18th, with a four-man scramble. And this is geared towards people who've never really played before or play very rarely. It's $100 for a four-man team, and every single penny of that goes to St. Jude. And, and so the the entire event's now a week-long um, wow. process starting on Monday and ending on Sunday. So all of that information is on jonesboroopen.com. Boom. Fist bump right there to Brad Peets representing the Jonesboro Open today. And Brad, as always, it's uh, nice talking to you, man. Hey, thank you all so much for everything you do. All right. We'll see you, dude. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Powered by Family Zinc. We'll get back to the show. Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry. All right. We are joined this morning by our buddy and our pal, Sarah Munoz. Sarah. Oh, yes. Sarah. Sarah. Munoz, what's up this morning? How are you? Thank you. I appreciate you guys having me on this morning. Hey, we're trying to figure out how many things you want to be involved with, because it seems like, you know, I see you with Arkansas State. 
Kelly sees you always around Brooklyn athletics, especially football, but also you supported basketball this whole season. There's J.A. of Jonesboro. It's like, do you not have enough to do? Um, good question. I like to stay busy. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I love to help in our community and I love to support, you know, all the all the great people here. So And she has I, two I small children. It's just so crazy to me because I look at like the Arkansas State stuff and I realize, okay, that's a lot of work, right? And there's a lot of pressure that comes with marketing athletics. And then, you know, when your husband is a coach, that's tough. And then babies and life and uh, J.A. all of a sudden pops up into your life when you get uh, back to Jonesboro and you realize this is a way to kind of give back to the community and to pour into the lives of young children. Yes. Uh, I do have two small children, and I adore them, and I love kids in general, um, but I love the fun side of it. That, you know, that's why I didn't go the teaching route, because you know, they actually have to teach them something and raise them. I mean, they have one of the hardest <laughs> jobs I could ever imagine. They're helping you know, raise humans, helping us as parents raise humans, yeah. and you know, the discipline's hard enough at home. I couldn't imagine doing it at school, so I like to do the, you know, the fun stuff where we get to help in the community and um, and pour into the kids that, you know, that, that are seeking some of that. Um, and so, yes, I wanted to get involved. Uh, I wanted to meet other women in our community um, who wanted to be involved and wanted to give back. I want to give a shout out to all of the ladies we've dealt with from JA, not only this past year, but really in all the years that we've dealt with it. You have a group, uh, a group of strong women who are out there to make a difference, who are committed to JA, because it's not easy to be a part of Junior Auxiliary. There's a commitment there, and there's a length of time that you're going to serve the community. You vow that you're going to do that. And really, when you look at the ladies who go through JA, you look at the people who are eventually, and maybe some right now, are the leaders of businesses and organizations in this community that want to give back. and. Just a shout out to all of the people involved in JA. Yes, huge shout out. There's a number of amazing, all the women are amazing. And some, you know, a lot of them have jobs and children and, you know, spouses and all kinds of things that they're looking after um, as well. So it's it's definitely a balancing act, but we all see the the value and the need there. Well, the kids, they're the future of this area and they're the future of our state and our country. And and basically, J.A. goes out and they say, hey, we want to help the kids in Craighead County who need help, who need help with, uh, you know, basically self-esteem and different challenges. And you want to be there to to read to kids at different times. And I was looking at what you guys had planned for the week. And this is a busy week for J.A. week. And you guys kicked it off on Monday. I know we can't go back and tell people uh, to go and attend these events, but what did you guys do on Monday? So it, the the week started technically Sunday. It's Sunday to Saturday, um, and ours kicks off with a five k. It's a it's the NAJA or National Association of Junior Auxiliary uh, Nation or well, nationwide. Um, the whole entire organization can participate in the five k, and you can do that on your own time. Yeah. Uh, on Monday, we took an opportunity to get a testimonial or two from some of our members on why they serve and what it means to them to be involved and active in the community. Um, and then today, or excuse me, yesterday, uh, every week a group of our members gets to go to hijinks and bowl with our friends from the learning center. Awesome. Um, so we wanted to highlight that and get, you know, even more members out there to bowl with them. 
Uh, and if you haven't had an opportunity to bowl with uh, the folks from the Learning Center, they are a competitive group. So you better bring your A game. <laughs> no, uh, they today, really are, yes. They are. Today, this evening, we have a number of um, members um, that will be going to the food bank of NEA and, and helping sort food over there. Um, tomorrow, and it's actually where I'm, I'm at right now, uh, waiting to meet another one of our members. Tomorrow we'll be delivering, um, and I'm going to ruin the surprise, but some snack baskets to a number of our elementary schools um, across the county. Oh, wow. And then Thursday, uh, excuse me, that's tomorrow. I can't even keep my days straight. Uh, <laughs> Friday, um, a couple, well, Friday, our, our president and vice president will have gone on midday with Diana. So oh, um, she's featuring the organization, I believe, you know, as a former member. I know she has a special place in her heart for um, junior auxiliary as well. So they'll they'll get on and talk about it. Um, but we like to take the week and do as much as, you know, as much as we can. Of course, we're doing stuff throughout the entire year. But mm-hmm. to make sure everybody knows how much we appreciate the support that we get to do what we get to do. You know, we had a great time. Kelly and I had the chance to be with you all and host Charity Ball a couple of months ago. That was such a fun event mm-hmm. to just be there and to experience the love, the outpouring from people, and to know it's much more than just Charity Ball because this work continues all throughout the year. Sarah, if people want to find out more about Junior Auxiliary of Jonesboro, where can they get the information? Maybe they want to join. Where can they find out how? So we have our National Association website that's available. It's Naja, N-A-J-A, net.org. Currently, uh, they can reach out by email to jajonesboro at gmail.com. And I think there's some things being worked on on our website at the moment. Um, And then, of course, our social media pages. We put lots of information on the social media pages. And if anybody knows a current or former um, member, of course, they are great resources for what all we do. Man, she's busy all the time. She is Sarah Munoz representing the Junior Auxiliary of Jonesboro today. And again, it's JA Week. And don't forget, we give back Wednesday with the Food Bank uh, coming up tomorrow. They're going to be delivering goodie baskets. And on Friday, our buddy Diana Davis is going to have a JA on KIT. So, Sarah, have a great day. Tell everybody we said hi, and we'll see you soon. Thank you. I appreciate you guys. You're listening to Brandon Baxter in the morning. Right here. On the big 107.9 K-Fine. And this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Powered by Families, Inc. Counseling Services. We're joined this morning by the man you need. He is Dr. Kevin Reed. He is man's best friend. He is our best friend. And he is the veterinarian of choice of the Brandon Baxter in the morning radio program. Dr. Kevin Reed from VetCare back with another Wet Nose Wednesday. And Dr. Reed, I'm just going to tell you, if there was ever a time where my dogs needed one of those Thunder shirt gimmicks, I think it was this morning right around 4 or 4.30. This was the perfect morning for a little infomercial or something about Thunder shirt. It was awesome. It was crazy. It, it got so bad, I was working on my laptop. I'm like, I think I'm going to unplug my laptop for just a minute because the dogs were freaking out. The lightning was crashing and the thunder was roaring. And I was put a- my Thunder shirt on. You did? Yeah. Well... Do they have those for adults? <laughs> for, for, I think they're called bras. <laughs> hey, we're just happy that Kelly finally wore a okay. shirt to work. You know? so, Brandon, okay. Yeah, it's one of those deals, oh, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, speak- hey, you're not going to believe uh-huh. it. At 730, I was you know, turning off of Harrisburg Road onto Parker Road, right yeah. where the 
you know, in the confluence of the St. Francis and Cache River after a rain in those in those drainage ditches. Yes. <laughs> and I, I swear there was a a beaver. Well, I saw this uh, little thing on the side of the road. And it's moving. I'm like, oh, great. Something's been hit. Been hit. I'm going to have to stop. But it started walking and it passed the you know white line on the side. And I stopped and put my flashers on. There weren't a lot of people behind me. And then it was just kind of ambling across. I had a big old wide tail. I guess the, the water, you know, must have gotten his nest as high as it was. And he was going to the other side of the road. So the other wow. lane, there was this truck uh, pulling this trailer. And fortunately, it stopped. I said, don't, I was hoping don't try to over, you know, run over, you know, miss it with your tires. And right. But they stopped. And I, as I looked in my rearview mirror, it was making it on the, on the, to the other side. But when I rolled down my window, I heard it say, just another damn day. <laughs> it is what it is, right? But, but it was, but it really was. There's a beaver crossing Parker Road there. I didn't even I, realize we had that many beavers around here. I told you, I've seen them here. I've seen them, yeah, and you're they, like, no, you haven't. They hang out down there. Really? Where Where would I go to to find them? Uh, the ones on Parker Road or the ones downtown? Oh, just wh- whichever ones you recommend. Uh, the Parker Roads are right there in that ditch. They've got a little. I've, I've seen dams there before when the water's not real high. I'll be. So, Doctor Reed, we always tell him to to spin us out of control. That's what we tell him to do. We always tell Doctor Reed to bring us something that we can educate people with. And what do you have for us today, Doctor Reed? It's Wet Nose Wednesday. Well, this is this is kind of one of my interests. This I'm going to call the sweet side of managing open wounds, or another the, the subtitle would be "Honey, I Shrunk the Wound." Okay. And I don't know how many people know this, but you know, honey is actually been used in human medicine probably for four thousand years. I mean, there's uh, goes back to two thousand BC. The Egyptians probably used honey uh, as a treatment in, of, of wounds, and. Uh, been used in the human medical profession for a long time and we've we've been using it in the veterinary profession for a while and uh but uh, you know i happened to see a little webinar on it the other day and and one of my one of the more i think gratifying aspects of my practice is if i get a dog with some really nasty open wounds uh and start treating them and and you know that could be challenging uh but it's there's nothing more gratifying than to look at the before picture and then the after picture when there's hardly any scarring left, you know, when you had a successful outcome. And I've used honey a lot. And uh, it's what's interesting about honey is, and, and what I usually use is uh, you can use regular honey, but there's there's one called Manuka honey, and this comes from New Zealand, and it's what's called a monoflower, monofloral honey. It comes from the flowers of the... Uh, manuka tree and it um the difference between it and just like honey around here that the bees make in the hives is it has high levels of an antibiotic substance called methyl glyoxal and it also has what's called a unique manuka factor and it's it's a it's a, actually a licensed medical grade honey and you know honey's complex uh, it's been determined there's over 200 components uh in in honey it's monosaccharides mainly fructose uh water content it contains proteins vitamins minerals phenolic compounds organic acids and uh all these contribute to its bioactivity and where this honey works best is um in in necrotic wounds where there's a lot of dead tissue or dead fat and where we see that a lot in veterinary medicine is in like bite wounds 
you know, these, these punctures, I may just have a little puncture on the skin, but when a dog bites another dog, it usually kind of tears underneath the skin and it disrupts the blood supply to the fat and possibly muscle. And some of these dogs will come in if they're not treated within, you know, the first 24 hours, 12 to 24 hours, you know, by 24 to 48, 72 hours, you've got this foul smelling wound. It may have a lot of pus, it's draining, and there's a lot of dead tissue. And these have, can have multiple bacteria present. And um, it's just what, what's good about the honey is it's, it actually helps debride, you know, helps kind of physiologically remove that dead tissue. You usually have to do bandage changes uh, in the initial stage a couple times a day sometimes. But what it does, it, can, it, it, it has a high osmolarity, so it pulls water into that wound, lymph tissue. It, uh, the high osmolarity helps dehydrate the bacteria. Uh, wow. It produces uh, a small amount of hydrogen peroxide, a lot less than the 3% hydrogen peroxide, but hydrogen peroxide is bactericidal. And uh, it, uh, like I said, it helps remove some of that dead tissue, and it allows you to see where the healthy tissue is. Wow. And a lot of times, these uh, wounds that really smell bad, within a day, they don't have an odor to them. Within a couple days, they may be developing uh, really healthy pink healing tissue called granulation tissue. And what's amazing is, as long as honey has been used, there doesn't seem to be any bacterial resistance to it. And these honey is even effective in these methicillin-resistant uh, staph cases that you know you hear about in hospitals, and uh, you know there's just hardly any antibiotics that can uh, control them. Uh, they work; it works against Pseudomonas, which is a very, uh, uh, a very uh, resistant bacteria to a lot of the antibiotics, and. Uh, it's uh, usually like you impregnate or, or coat gauze with, with the honey, or you can actually put it directly in the wound and then put bandage material over it. Um, and it's pretty amazing. When I first uh, read about it probably 15 years ago, I thought, man, this is, this is quackery, you know, to put honey in an open <laughs> right. wound. Right. But it, it's really amazing, and it, and it does. It, uh, many studies have shown that, you know, it reduces uh, healing time, scarring, um, and, and it has increased wound strength, you know, after it's healed. So uh, it's pretty amazing. And, um, you know, I always keep some on hand. And, you know, like I said, I, I love treating these uh, pretty challenging wound cases because um, there's nothing more more gratifying than seeing an end result, you know, when it comes in thinking, oh, this is never going to heal. And, right. and it's amazing. Uh, of course, I think cats and dogs make us look good sometimes. Uh, they don't scar like people do in most cases, and you know their hair grows over. And a lot of times, right. after there's been this big massive wound on them, you know when it's all healed and the hair's grown back, you never knew they had an issue. That's wild. And to think that honey can do all of that—that's crazy. We learn yeah, something new every week. That's what we bring him on for is to teach us something new. And if you're looking for somebody to take care of your dog or your cat, you're looking for uh, the guy who's been around for. A minute, and the guy who we say is is our recommendation. You need Doctor Kevin Reed at VetCare. You can find out more vet-care.com and on Facebook, search VetCare Jonesboro. He is the man you need. He is Doctor Kevin Reed. He is man's best friend. He is our best friend, and he is the veterinarian of choice of the Brandon Baxter in the Morning Radio program. Doctor Kevin Reed from VetCare with another Wet Nose Wednesday, and Doctor Reed, we'll talk to you next Wednesday.
Hey, as soon as I hang up, I'm going to call Mayor Copenhagen and see if we can get a beaver crossing sign down there at Parker Road. Great idea. Yes. I'll be there to uh, to make sure that's official with you, okay? All right. We'll talk All to right. you next week. Call Cope. Talk to you later. <laughs> You're listening to Brandon Baxter in the morning. Right here. On the big 107.9 K-Fine. And this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Powered by Families, Inc. Counseling Services. Joined this morning by Michael Wewers from the FOA Jonesboro, the Foundation of Arts. Michael, how's it going this morning? Just wonderful. I'm just glad to be on the show today. Hey, glad to have you. And I think, you know, we typically talk to you kind of early in the show. So for us to be able to talk to you at this time, I think we're going to have the chance to, you know, explain FOA to so many people and the idea that you guys do do so much. And yes, there's the big productions that everybody knows about and people audition for. But man, FOA and the arts is so much more than just a stage performance. Uh, that's you know you're exactly right you know and, and you're such a great advocate to speak on it too and i'm so thankful for that but you know the foa here in Jonesboro, we offer uh so many classes you know we got art classes we offer dance classes of course and uh you know vocal classes and we have a whole total art center that's dedicated to the arts and plus you know we're just so active in in our community too i mean from from festivals to anything that we can be in that's right downtown Jonesboro, we, we we've got our nose in Again, FOA, I think one of the things I enjoy seeing is, you know, you'll take somebody who doesn't know exactly what their passion is, but they walk into the forum, they walk into FOA, and you offer them all these different things, and they can kind of go through and they can try things and and see what kind of works for them because all of us have have different talents. Many of us have talents in the arts, but sometimes those talents are just things that we haven't tapped into. And once we figure it out, we're like, oh, my gosh, I've been missing this my whole life. That, that's right. You know, and it, is, it doesn't really have to be on the main stage. Maybe it's backstage. Maybe it's doing some costumes. There's so many aspects that, you know, that you can find your little niche there that, you know, that can really help fulfill some of your life and give you a, a great vent and, you know, to have a more fulfilled life and find a new happiness. I think when you see that a lot of parents, you know, they're they're looking at their kids and, you know, obviously you have athletes that are part of FOA, but there's other people whose, whose kids are busy with with sports all the time and, uh, and like my son's not really that interested in, in playing sports, but he very much loves to, you know, to act and to be the center of attention. Uh, for a lot of us parents, if we're looking for an outlet, there is an outlet with FOA. Yeah, that's right. You know, and we talk about, you know, you look at your, like everybody looks at their own kids. I have a granddaughter and at early age, she's six and I was trying to throw her a ball. Well, you know, the ball always hit her first and then her hands would come together. I was like, well, you're not going to be a ball player. You know, I can tell <laughs> right. right away. But anyway, she does yeah. dance. She does dance and, you know, she's taking our classes and I tell you, you know, she does that twice a week here and it's, I mean, she is so excited. I mean, she's running in the door and, you know, she's so excited to get to tell me what she's done whenever she, you know, she gets through. You know, it's just a great experience. I talked to families and parents who say their kids were, you know, introverts. They were kind of shy and then they they got in, they they plugged in, they found something and all of a sudden their kid has this new confidence and they come alive. And you see that with with the young people. But Michael, you also see this with some people who are adults too, who just never tapped into that. And once they found it, boom, even as adults, it can transform your life when you're in one of these productions. Yeah, that's that's so true. You know, I've had I've had I've I've been here since July, so a little over nine months now, and uh, 
you know, I've had people come up to me and they tell me their stories about how they was trying to find the outlet, you know, and they're so glad to be a part of the FOA and, and to just be part of anything we got going on. And it's just to hear them remarkable stories on how people found that happiness and, uh, you know, how they enriched their lives. So let's talk about what's going on. I was looking at uh, an event that's going to be, it's kind of a multi, um, I guess a multi-staged event that's going to be happening. It's called A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum. Tell me about that. All right. So uh, this this show, we're, we're actually having uh, multiple shows. We actually have a dinner theater coming up on the 14th. Uh, that show starts, uh, the dinner starts at 6 o'clock, and the show starts at 7. And that's, uh, we haven't done this in a very long time. And uh, we're really excited. That's that embassy, uh, embassy suites there. Oh, wow. And, uh, you know, that's going to be a fun time to be able to come out and get your ticket and be able to eat. Uh, tickets are $35. And, I mean, for a, a dinner and a show, you really can't beat that. No, that's great. And uh, the, the show is about, uh, set back in, like, Roman times, where uh, this uh, this slave it, it was trying to win uh, his master's freedom. And his master said, well, if you'll uh, get this lady over here for me, you know, if you'll get get her hand for me, uh, I'll let you go. And it's, it's a comedy, and I think it's going to be a great show for everybody. Hey, the idea that we're going to have food from the embassy and a great show all rolled into one, that's pretty special. Yes, sir. Yeah, we're, we're so excited to be able to do that, too. I think that's going to open up another uh, audience. It may be even just from people coming in from out of town mm-hmm. and staying at the hotel and get to see a little bit about uh, downtown Jonesboro and the FOA and, and what we're doing for the community. So once you guys do the, the performances or the performance at the embassy, you're then going to take this downtown, right? That's right. So then uh, it'll be the following weekend, the April 22nd through the 25th. It'll be right here on our main stage. Michael, is there anything else we need to have on the calendar, big events or things, auditions coming up that we need to know about? Yes, sir. Uh, always, always. Uh, but I'd just like to bring up May 14th, next month, mm-hmm. uh, we have the Oasis Arts and Ace Festival. It's yeah. downtown Jonesboro. I mean, anybody wants to come down here, it's a free thing. Uh, but we are looking for artists. We're still looking. We've got our artist applications out there. Uh, if you're a baker, a craftsman, if you want to be in that, contact us, and we'll get you in this uh, downtown festival. This is, uh, I think, the fifth year running, and uh, it's going to be a big deal. We've got music and art. It's going to be a great, great time. Again, you can find out more about all of the things happening with FOA at foajonesboro.org. And on Facebook, you can search Jonesboro Foundation of Arts. Michael Wewers joins us this morning. It's great talking to you, and best of luck with your event at the Embassy. All right, thank you so much. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Powered by Family Zinc. We'll get back to the show. Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry. All right, we're joined this morning by Jim Hall, who is from Marion, Arkansas, but he is uh, out there setting up with the Wall That Heals, uh, which is going to be a really neat event happening in Crawfordsville. Good morning, Jim. How are you? Good morning, sir. How are you? Hey, man, we're good. How many times do you go to the Topps Barbecue in Marion? Several times, as a matter of fact. (laughs) It's it's, it's one of our... One of our uh, staples here in, in Marion. Yeah. Okay. So, do you go there and do you get um, barbecue or do you do the cheeseburger? We generally do the ribs. Ooh, I haven't tried the ribs. Because my buddy, I have a wrestling friend, uh, and you might know who he is. His name is Jimmy Hart, and he was like, "Hey, when you go to Tops Barbecue, the barbecue is good, but the cheeseburger is amazing." So that was my first chance to go and try the cheeseburger, and uh, it's real good. So. Shout out to Marion. Hey, we wanted to talk to you this morning because the wall that heals, which is this uh, amazing spectacle, 
is being set up right now this morning in Crawfordsville, Arkansas. And uh, the Walnut Hills is going to be open to the public starting tomorrow and all the way through Sunday. But, Jim, tell us why this is something that you and uh, your wife wanted to be involved with. Sure. Well, what we've got here is is, is this is a, a three-quarter replica, an exact replica, of the Vietnam War uh, Memorial Wall in Washington, D.C., it's uh, actually owned by the same people that constructed the wall in D.C. back in 1982. It's the Vietnam Veterans Memorial Fund. This is their wall. Uh, they created this wall back in 1970 or 1996. I'm sorry to uh, to travel the country and to uh, allow people that, that that don't have the opportunity to get to D.C. to experience. Uh, the Vietnam Wall. Like I said, it's a, it's a three-quarter size replica. It is 375 feet long, and it's seven and a half feet tall. It has <laughs> oh all 58,281 names on it wow. that are actually engraved in, a, in an acrylic granite, uh, and it's lit. Uh, it will be once we get it constructed today. It'll take about six to eight hours to put it all together. Oh my goodness! And once we get it constructed, it will be open twenty four hours a day, rain or shine, until Sunday afternoon at two o'clock. Uh, there's also a a what, what the the fund brings in a mobile education center uh, that's also associated with this, and we'll have several video displays on six foot TV screens. And they have a, a sampling of the over 400,000 items that have been left on the wall at the wow. wall in D.C. And they go through and explain and everything uh, 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 about the significance of the items that were left at the wall. Uh, and then there are, there will also be uh, field trips for the, for the school students. Uh, we have over uh, 650 students from the local schools around here that are scheduled right now over Thursday and Friday to go through a uh, 45-minute uh, guided tour presentations of both the Education Center and the wall. That's and good. so we're, we're really looking forward to, to this thing being here. We were, we were honored this year. There was over 300 communities in the country that applied that to be hosted uh, to hosting the wall this year, and there was only there's only 29 locations in the United States that that is actually going to show this wall this year. Wow! And Crawfordsville, Arkansas, was one of the 29. So we are extremely privileged and honored to have the, the wall that heals and the and the education center here in Crawfordsville. I was looking on the Facebook page and the website a few minutes ago, and the true the visual of this is so striking because for me, I, I have never had the chance to, to get down on the ground and tour in Washington, DC, but I did have the opportunity uh, on one trip out to the East coast to drive, you know, right down through that area. And I got to see all these historic places that I had seen in history books and on television. And it seems surreal to be in that setting. And uh, even though I never had the chance to get down there and, uh, you know, get down on the ground, the idea that this wall, this replica is essentially going to, be like a piece of of history in Crawfordsville. That's really special. And then the idea behind this that you and your wife, both retired military, who are volunteering to be a part of this event. Uh, what does this mean for you to get people out there and to get young people out there to educate? Well, sir, it's extremely important uh, to us because 
so many people now, it, it, the Vietnam War has it, it, been such a long way away that uh, most people weren't even born until after that, and so they don't appreciate the significance of the wall that heals and what it means to the people that were there and that served during this time frame. We've heard so many stories back and forth about what it means to them and the stories that they share during that time frame and just to be a part of history and the opportunity to to help these people uh, maybe uh, just appreciate and remember their time frame with it. I know when we brought it in, we brought the Wall of the Hills in yesterday with an escort, a motorcycle escort, that we had people coming in from Little Rock and over in Tennessee, all the way up to Trenton, Tennessee, and all over the place, just to escort the Wall in. And, and, And these motorcyclists, I mean, they... They understood, most of them veterans themselves, and a lot of them Vietnam veterans, and to be able to uh, to assist and, and provide the opportunity uh, for these people uh, that, that can't get to D.C. to experience and, 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 and to honor all, all of these things uh, is, is quite special and, and one that we should be privileged in this part of the country to uh, participate in. And we're certainly encouraging everyone to pack the kids up and pack the grandkids up and their friends and everything and drive down here to Crawford's, uh, Crawfordsville and, uh, and experience this. It, it's, 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 it's going to be quite unique in this, in this area, sir. So in Crawfordsville, if we, if we make it to Crawfordsville, uh, what's the location of the wall that heals? Well, Crawfordville is only a little town of about 400 people, so if you get to Crawfordville, you're going to find it. Um, but it, 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 it's, it's actually called the Old Schoolyard Park okay. right here in Crawfordville. But if you if you can find Crawfordville, you'll be able to find the wall that heals. You're not going to miss that big wall. And again, you think about just the how big the structure is. I was reading there's 144 panels that have to be constructed, and you guys have had to bring in a football team to get this done. Yes, sir. We've got the Marion uh, Marion High School football team and the coaching staff. Uh, they're out there right now with their jerseys on, and yes. uh, they're the ones that's constructing it today for us. It'll take them about six to eight hours oh, wow. uh, to construct the wall, and, and they're just tickled to death. They're having a good time out there with the wind and the cold and everything. <laughs> it doesn't seem to be phasing them any. Uh, they're getting out of school. They're 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 yeah. tickled to death. Hey, and the, and the so, great thing is, you know, we had a bumpy start to the day with weather, and it's wet out there today. But when you look at the the run of the event, which is Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, you really have beautiful weather the rest of the week. Yes, sir, we do. We're 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 we're, we're lucky uh, and fortunate uh, to 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 have the weather necessary to to, to display this thing. And uh, we're absolutely looking forward to it, and looking forward to everyone coming down. And, and from around the area, like I said, we've got the, the school, school students are coming in. We've got people coming in all over the place, and we're just trying to spread the word around that this unique opportunity for this part of the country is going to be here and for everybody to come down and, and participate. Uh, the Mobile Education Center is almost as special as the wall itself with what they do, and they actually bring the Vietnam Veterans Memorial Fund actually has two full-time staff members that travel with this, 
And they're the ones that are going to be constructing and educating and talking and guiding along with a uh, 200 volunteers from this area that are going to assist uh, because we're open 24 hours a day. They're going to assist and help people uh, find the names on the wall and, 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 and educate and to assist and really just to sit there and just listen as people come up. And, and, and a lot of them just want to talk. And so a lot of our job is going to be just to sit there and just listen as, as everybody comes and, and visits us. Again, it's the wall that heals. It opens up tomorrow. It'll be constructed and ready tomorrow through Sunday in Crawfordsville, Arkansas. And Jim Hall joins us this morning. Jim, we appreciate your time this morning. Thank you very much, sir. We really appreciate you. All right, we'll talk to you again soon. Jim Hall on the K-Fine Breakfast Club, powered by Families, Inc. Brandon Baxter in the morning. Don't forget our podcast. It is the Brandon Baxter in the morning podcast, and it's available wherever you get podcasts. Kelly Perry, what's on TV tonight? Episode two of Moon Knight on Disney Plus, The Masked Singer, The Kardashians, a Robin Roberts special on ABC. Watch What Happens Live on Bravo is going to have Amy Schumer as guest. Tonight's schedule also includes The Flash, Chicago Med, Chicago Fire, A Million Little Things, Good Sam, and Chicago PD. And then on Late Night, Thomas Rhett will be on Stephen Colbert and Caitlin Smith with Seth Meyers. I hope you guys have a great day and we'll talk to you back here tomorrow morning on Brandon Baxter in the morning.